0: Together we will win. Now here's your hosts Dave Stahl, Joe Jermisi, and Michael Schwartz on the Answer San Diego.
1: All right, folks, welcome to Gun Sports Radio FM ninety six 1, AM eleven seventy. The answer. Thought it was going to my chance. Right. Welcome to Gun Owners <laughs> Radio. Tune into the YouTube live stream at youtube.com slash gunownersradio. In studio, we will have Mike Schwartz, Joe Germisi, and a very special guest. <laughs> Bill DC from CCW USA. <laughs> Woohoo! woo Yeah, we're just going to jump right in. We also have a special guest on the phone. Who's a special guest? It looks like it says Joe Biden.
2: Yeah, that's our special guest, uh, right. Joe Biden. No, we don't have a special guest. we have guest to named listen slowly?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, we actually, we've had her on before. She's written for us uh, with San Diego County Gun Owners before. Um, her name is uh, Kaylee. Kaylee, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Kaylee. Welcome back. Thank you so much for taking the time and calling in. Awesome. So, uh, Kaylee is, uh, if you don't remember, wrote an article about the fact that she is a survivor of a school shooting that happened uh, up in, uh, what's the name of the area where the school was?
3: Santa Clarita.
2: Santa Clarita, which is uh, just above L.A., right? Yes. And that, and the, the the gist of the article was that it really made her even more pro-Second Amendment than she was before. Is that is that accurate to say?
3: Yeah, that is accurate.
2: So Kaylee is uh, an awesome warrior when it comes to the Second Amendment. She's very vocal about it. Um, it's something that she's very serious about. It's something that, uh, it comes from a, from an experience that she had. So, um, when Joe Biden came out with his executive orders, uh, you put out on, I believe it was on your TikTok or on your Instagram, you put out a statement about what you thought of those executive orders. Now, what, what did you say when, uh, uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on Joe Biden's, uh, anti second amendment, second, uh, executive orders?
3: So the one that really got to me was his ghost gun ban, um, And it's because the gun used in my shooting was a quote-unquote ghost gun. And um, he plans to, in a manner that's still unspecified, ban these so-called ghost guns. And the reality is that the point of these guns is that they are untraceable and you don't need to go through the registration process. And you won't be able to stop that unless you start requiring background checks on all forms of metals and polymers in all quantities, not to mention 3D printing of guns. Um, and that won't even make a dent in gun violence.
2: And it's my understanding that the the the, the, the person that that committed this horrible heinous murder at your school um, used an unserialized gun, but it was his father made it, right? And he just took it from his dad. It's not like it made it easier for him to access the gun is, is, am I is that accurate?
3: That's true, and his dad died two years prior. To the shooting.
2: So it's not like you can even make the case that this uh, maniac, this horrible monster, uh, got the gun uh, because it was it was a home manufacturer, because it was unserialized. He got the gun because uh, he got it from his, his father.
1: He it, may it, not even have known it was an unserialized gun. It could his have been new. His
2: father was ahead.
3: also mentally ill and unable to own guns. So his father, who was an avid hunter, made it himself uh, because he couldn't own guns.
2: Interesting. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about what you, what, what you were saying about the executive orders.
3: So this executive order won't even make a dent in gun violence. Um, it's only to satisfy his voters and other political constituents. Um, California's had a ban on these guns since 2018, and in 2019, they, my shooter still walked in and shot five of my classmates with a ghost gun.
2: And and, and, and it, it's horrible and tragic. Tell a little, talk a little bit, why, why did that make you... You know, a lot of people, um, when you, especially you turn on the news and you see uh, stories about survivors from school shootings, they focus on people who are trying to be more restrictive. You know, they survived a school shooting and now they're trying to be more restrictive on firearms. But that's not what happened with you. Talk a little bit about why? Why? why did you have the opposite reaction?
3: So after doing my research and figuring out what happened at our school, after the very first shot, our shooter's gun jammed. And he fixed it before firing off another five shots. And so in that small period of time, he had time to be stopped. But unfortunately, due to the Gun-Free Zones Act of 1990, no one on campus had a gun to stop him.
2: And that was another part of your statement that I really liked. Not only did you say, hey, you know, you didn't just come out and say, hey, this is stupid. You know, you, yeah. you came out and said, here are the problems with this. And then you followed up with, hey, this is my suggestion. Here's my solution. And what was that solution?
3: Put reinstate guns on campuses for trained professionals.
2: Right. Get rid of the gun-free uh, zone act in what was 1990, right? Because something like what ninety percent of of what uh, of uh, of uh, what are considered mass shootings something like ninety percent or eighty five percent something it, it's ext- like ninety eight
3: percent I think it's higher than that
2: ninety eight percent of uh, of of what uh, you know the FBI considers mass shootings happened in a gun free zone since and this this dates back to like nineteen fifty or something it's not like last year it's like it's in the last seventy years right yes. So that's your solution. And Kaylee, I thought that you articulated it well. I thought that you uh, did an extremely great job in uh, spelling out what the problem was, how you see it, and then what the solution is. And I thank you so much for, uh, uh, for your insight and for uh, doing such a good job.
1: So Kaylee, this is Dave. Let me ask you a question. Have you been able to get in front of any politicians with your story, or have they even allowed you, or have they invited you in?
3: I have been working with PragerU. Um, and Dash uh, Prager. right. But other than that, um, no.
1: So I'm sure if you, if you asked to get in front of Congress or get in front of even Biden or or any of his constituents, the answer would probably be no.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. See, that's the unfortunate thing. You know, here's a here's a child that your whole life could have been totally destroyed due to this experience. You've turned it into what I consider a positive trying to make a difference, and the only thing I can say to you, girl, is just keep fighting. There you go. It's girls like you, and boys like you know, I'm sure would be in the same situation. You just cannot stop fighting, and we are behind you a thousand percent. And thank you very much, and God bless you.
3: Thank you so much.
1: Yep,
2: and we we haven't talked about it yet. You were going to come to gun prom last year, and we had to basically postpone it till this year, but the new date is October 16th, so I want to make sure that uh, that uh, all you folks that were coming, Kaylee, you and, I think it was you and your, your parents and, and some other family members, I hope you guys have time on October 16th to come and join us at Gun Prom again, because mm-hmm. I want you to say a few words yep. in front of everybody and, and talk about uh, uh, talk about your experience.
1: I would just love to meet her. I yeah. Really Absolutely. Awesome. All right. You have a great day and a wonderful week, and we will talk to you down the road.
3: You too.
1: Thank Thanks, Thank you so Kaylee. much. All right, folks. Well, hey, new new month, new theme. May's topic is accessories. Oh, Every I, I love accessories. Owner, yeah, I know. you got so many. <laughs> should have an option between uh, stern words and lethal force. We have San Diego's top trainer, Bill Decian Studio. He's got more things on the counter than I can shake a stick at. He's already scared me twice. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. This is Gut Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Hey folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. <laughs> okay, so having tools in between
4: harsh language and a firearm is often overlooked. It's also said that the easiest way to win a gunfight is to avoid it. Bill Deasy is in studio to talk about OC spray and other less than lethal tools and strategies. But first, Dave has to tell you about the National Concealed Carry Association.
1: Thank you, Joe. Hey, we are so proud to partner with the National Concealed Carry Association as a 10-ring partner. NCCA exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates. They offer elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors and provide rock-bottom prices on the best selection of gear and accessories. You can learn a whole lot more at the National Concealed Carry Association.com. All right. Who we got in studio?
2: In studio is a gentleman I've known for years. Um, and that's Joe Jermisi. But in between us is Bill <laughs> Deasy. So Bill Deasy is uh, is an extremely well-respected uh, firearms instructor. I truly have known you for at least a decade. I don't even remember. Yes. But uh introduced me to training i think the first formal training i ever took with a firearm was with you honestly first time i ever shot an idpa match was with you um bill is if there were a uh, like a mount rushmore of second amendment in san diego bill's face would be the, the very first one he'd have the, the george washington spot i think i, who, I think you're else? making me out to be older who
5: else would I be am. on there
2: <laughs>
4: they got sick.
5: Out
2: of curiosity. Just but bill. you are chiseled. Just
5: me. You are chiseled. So we're halfway there.
2: Excellent. So, uh, but uh, so there are a lot of controversies in uh, in the shooting community, right? There's the 1911 versus Glock. Controversy. There's the 9mm versus 45, the AK versus AR, right? These are all. So if you go further down that list, one of the big controversies is how do you pronounce your last name? Is it DC <laughs> or DESI? Because there's, I can't tell you how many heated conversations I've seen from gun owners. Heated?
5: Yes. Heated. It is oh. a topic of discussion. Yeah. So um, far, here it
2: is. We're going to settle it once and for all, San Diego. Pay attention.
5: It is like Washington.
2: DC. There you go, or DC Comics. another way to remember it. There you go, Bill DC. Bill DC. DC. CCW USA. You teach uh, firearms instruction. Uh, You you hold classes. Uh, You help us teach the how to how to get your CCW um, and uh, do all kinds of stuff. But one of the things that you're particularly good at and you're very knowledgeable about is less than lethal.
5: Correct. I've been doing this for quite a while. Even. when I first started teaching firearms training back in the 90, early 90s, uh, you had to get a license or a permit to carry pepper spray in California. Hmm. Uh, fortunately, that went away after a few years, and they realized nobody's actually robbing people with pepper spray. Um, How often does that? Honestly, does that? It doesn't. Does that happen? It could. It's very rare. But one of the reasons I feel it doesn't happen very often is most people are not afraid of being pepper sprayed because they have no idea what's going on. So mm-hmm. you spray them in the face with something. Uh, maybe it burns or it affects them in a certain way or they feel uncomfortable, but they're not afraid of dying. So you're much more likely to fight back if somebody tries to pepper spray you hmm. um, as an attack.
2: I've um, experienced that. I peppered spray, I don't know if you remember yes, my story, I do. six people. Uh, I fended them off with uh, pepper spray. Um, but two of them attacked me after the pepper spray, but yep. but the attack was ineffective because they were pepper sprayed.
5: Yeah, they were not as they're they're operating at diminished capacity because their vision's impaired, their breathing's impaired. They're not going to be as effective. You still have to create some distance or move behind an obstacle or use some common sense. You can't just stay there and and let wait them for come at you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the
2: other four split the scene yeah. after they saw the extreme pain of the two that I pepper sprayed they weren't attackers anymore they were fleers
5: yes <laughs> so and that, that's kind of the hopeful result uh, if you talk to most people that have been pepper sprayed they did not enjoy it <laughs> and it was not an experience they'd like to do again in fact i've seen it where officers show up on scene and they're shaking their can of pepper spray and the the suspect immediately just puts his hands up and says okay i'm good don't spray me uh, because they've already experienced pepper spraying they didn't like it um even on someone who's impaired, on alcohol, drugs, or just playing crazy, uh, it has physiological and psychological effects. The physiological effects are burning in the eyes, uh, discomfort in the eyes, <clears throat> and difficulty breathing or swelling of mucous membranes. So it has both psychological pain compliance components as well as physiological components that work, I'd, I'd say, pretty substantially on most people. Now, I think Chula Vista police used to run about 85% effectiveness. They would rate it after they used it. They said, how well did it work? So there is a small percentage of of the population it doesn't work as well on. And there are situations if you don't get it in somebody's eyes or mouth or they don't breathe it into their lungs, it may not be as effective. Uh, But it's a really good intermediate tool when you're not justified in using deadly force because the threat doesn't meet that threshold of deadly force. So you've got some level of force you're dealing with, but it's not deadly force.
2: So when you uh, there's a limit, though, as far as isn't it like 1.2 ounces? That's the legal limit or something like. That? Do, you, do you remember off the top of your head? I think
5: it's a three ounce container for civilians, and then law enforcement uses a larger container.
2: So the three ounce that's just the legislature decided that they didn't want you to be. They didn't want you to be able to defend yourself too much. Is that what? They're?
5: Yes, just in case there's too many people they don't want you to go overboard. I don't <laughs> know what the reason for that is because you can get bear pepper spray in a large canister that's a lot more than that. It's just you know, let's talk about that, carry.
2: Because we're going to talk about the buffet of things you have in front of you here in just a minute. But let's talk about that. You, you always hear, um, you know, well, I don't know if you always hear, but I've heard from people that say, hey, you know, use wasp spray, carry wasp spray around or carry bear spray around. But the reality is, if you do that, if you carry wasp, if, which is in effect poison, is yes. what wasp spray and, is. And yeah, you could
5: burn somebody's eyes. or if, if, but permanent if you, injury,
2: permanent injury. If you carry that around with you or bear spray, that just that just say, the the act of carrying that around for self defense is illegal because you're using this uh, in a uh, you're using these dangerous chemicals in a way that was that was, that was not intended. Right? Correct. You can't do that. That's illegal.
5: Correct. And so I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. Uh, If you have a wasp problem, having a can of wasp spray might be fine. If you have a bear problem, having bear spray might be fine. Or if you're you're going out to the wilderness, you're going uh, hiking and camping, uh, that's fine. In fact, if you found yourself in circumstances where you had to use either one of those or anything to defend yourself, you could do that. But it's just the intent or the plan of using that um, that can get people into legal issues.
2: Yeah, if you're going to the grocery store with
1: bear spray... yes and you nail somebody in the produce
5: department
1: there's a good chance you're going to be in trouble
2: right if you're on the trolley and you bust out your wasp spray (laughs) explaining (laughs) explaining that you thought you saw a wasp's nest it's just not going to cut it
5: there's going to be some liability issues
2: now whether or not you and i agree on that whether you know i i'm not sure you shouldn't be able to carry bear you know pear spray with you for for defense but um don't confuse this message and, and the clarity that we're providing as uh, as uh, you know, us agreeing, you know, <laughs> we're just telling you, hey, look, man, here's the law. Here's where you're, you're going to get in trouble if you if you misuse this stuff.
1: Well, let's, right. let let us cl- let's clarify it all together. You know, bear spray and wasp spray. Okay, you can't be carrying it. Is normal spray just as effective?
5: So it's a, like the uh, the bear spray is basically the same pepper spray as this. It's mm-hmm. the same content. It's just a much larger volume, and it's pressurized to spray much further because i don't really want to get you know close to to 12 feet to a bear to see if it works uh also i don't want to run out uh (laughs) before the bear is affected
1: so so theoretically the content spray is just as lethal whether it's effective not lethal Less, less lethal less lethal okay then a bear spray correct but it'll do the same job it'll it'll stop somebody if it's if it's inhaled or, or you get them in the eyes
5: that's the goal and the the thing that really sold me on one of the pepper sprays i recommend which is palm pepper spray is the design of the container and the fact that it has a pocket clip and the fact that it's the size that you might actually carry i have all kinds of different pepper sprays from law enforcement size canisters to smaller ones that they're just too big to carry in your pocket mm-hmm. and they're not convenient and you're not going to have them with you whereas these particular pepper spray canisters are small enough that I can put them on my dog leash and my wife and daughter walking around with the dog. They've got a can of pepper spray. It's convenient enough. You can clip it on your yoga pants. If that's what you happen to be wearing, Mike, um, my (laughs) wife and daughter are wearing yoga pants. So they're, they're walking around with their little pepper sprays clipped on there or in a pocket. Uh, and it's just convenient enough to have with you as a tool or throw it in a purse or pocket. Like I said, um, the reason I focus more on pepper spray, and there's a lot of other tools I recommend people have from uh, defensive pens, flashlights, a pocket knife, a stun gun or taser, and a first aid kit. Those are all things I recommend having, but you might run out of pockets.
2: Well, yeah, and honestly, uh, that incident where where I was confronted by six people, I was out of pepper spray after those, f- those first two. So if yeah. those other four had decided to attack me... I would have had to take them out with, uh, you know, fisticuffs, which I'm I'm completely capable of doing. Absolutely black belt. But it would have been worse for them with my fisticuffs than if I'd have had three more ounces of pepper spray. Let's be honest, folks.
5: But you could also have two canisters. (laughs) That's true. I'll tell you what the weird thing about the canister thing. Why is it three ounces? You can have two of them. Why isn't it six ounces?
2: Here's what I want to get. I want to get like a harness, like a, that goes across yeah, you my can chest. Get a bandolier. just have, bandolier- like a, bandolier- oh, a of I like pepper sprays. It. So I actually I used to carry pepper spray around a lot before I carried uh a like, gun. Something else. <laughs> <A> gun? <laughs> before I could legally carry something else. Well, didn't but,
1: you buy pepper spray, gave it,
2: gave it to people? I did. Um I this seriously happened. I, I would carry I worked downtown, I would carry pepper spray with me. I had a particular type that I liked, and I'll tell you why I liked it in just a second. Um, I would carry it around everywhere, and inevitably, I'd go to lunch, I'd you know, work downtown, go to lunch, and I'd empty my pockets out on the table, and the waitress would always ask, it always happened, they would say, oh, what's that for, and I'd say, well, in case there's a Caesar salad emergency, <laughs> and then they'd come back, and, uh, you know, they'd start talking to me about it, and it was, you know, the waitress was usually, you know, a lady in her 20s or 30s, and she was very interested in it and i'd say here you know you know keep this and Where's whatever your I'm, tip well i would give him <laughs> i'm not a total cheapskate but i would i'd give him a tip and i'd, I'd give him the pepper spray i started doing that i seriously started thinking about reaching out to some of the companies and seeing if, if i could figure out how to you know Mark 12, get some yeah. free product or whatever but there you go i'll tell you, so, that's not a
4: line that you hear all the time though i mean i bartended for 13 years i did not hear that pepper <laughs> spray line that often yeah.
2: <laughs> well there you go so that's pretty right. there you go I like that. Uh, so um that's but that's how i got lauren but <laughs> here's how I picked what the, the one I like, though. It is very important. And we're going to talk all about the exact implements here in just a second. But I took my—not uh, uh, the preferred pepper spray, but I had some other pepper spray prior. I went to a Padres game, snuck it in. You're not supposed to have pepper spray at a Padres no. game. Snuck it in, and I'm sitting there with a buddy of mine, and next thing I know, my, my, my thigh got really, really cold. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And look down. I, the pepper spray went off in my pocket. Ugh. And the lady next to me is coughing. And I'm going, oh, no. <laughs> you know? I'm going they, they to jail. Have, they have
4: rules for a reason <laughs> at the stadium. <laughs> Tried to get out of there. <laughs>
2: but if you don't pick the right product, you know, I mean, this it, the, the top on this other one was horrible. I picked one that I really, really like. So when we come it back. It cheap. When we we come back, we're going to talk to Bill about the specifics here.
1: All right. So, hey, folks, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. and we come back, a whole lot more from Bill D.C. on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right folks, hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, this segment is sponsored by the John John by John Dillon and the Dillon Law Group. You know, if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call attorney John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant, call our trusted firearms attorney John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call him at 760 642 7150, or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. All right, we're going back with Bill D.C. and a little bit of spray. <laughs> Bill D.C.
2: from CCW USA. We're talking about less than lethal. Now, in plain words, they they refer to it as less than lethal. It's it's they're not they're, they're not intended to be lethal. In in really only in very very rare situations would any of these lead to uh, lethality. Um, they just say that kind of it's kind of a CYA thing, right? Like hey, this might be lethal. It's pretty serious.
5: Well, pepper spray is designed to be less lethal, less lethal tool because it does it's not going to kill somebody instantly. Now there have been deaths after someone was pepper sprayed from positional asphyxia, which is where you hog tie someone, put them in the back of a hard uh, seat of a police car in the back and lay them on their stomach. And if they're a little bit overweight, the pressure on their xiphoid process and all the things going on there can cause respiratory arrest. So yeah, there's things you could do after pepper spraying someone that could contribute or cause contributory negligence towards uh, somebody dying. But Uh, I don't. I also somebody could just get pepper spray, close their eyes, and run in front of a car. Right. Uh, So that's not the pepper spray. But 20
2: years ago, this was all called non-lethal, and now it's called less than lethal because 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 of for legal reasons. Yeah, some lawsuit, right?
5: And, it's, and if somebody does like get pepper sprayed and then run out from a bus, that's probably COVID related anyway. All right, so let's start. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Let's
2: start from right to left. Let's the first one with the fork on top is that one? That's lethal in a whole different way. No, no, I'm just
5: kidding. Oh, that's Yes, that is carbs <laughs> and sugar.
2: <laughs> okay, so what do we got first?
5: So this first tool I have is just a flashlight, but it can also be used as oh. a stun gun. If you can hear that, I don't know if it's close enough to the mic. Do so you to want to bring
1: mic. Joe uh, Joe Girmici back to life? He just passed. But yeah,
5: out. that's a uh, that's an AD. No, that's a uh, just a stun gun. You want to see that again? And basically, what that how many does, volts? That I would have to look and see what it says.
1: Right, fifty thousand. How that's many you line. need?
5: Oh, eight hundred kV. Wow. Oh, that would hurt. Eight
4: hundred.
1: So what's that going to do to
2: you? So if, that's
5: going to create some moderate. Let me show you. No. That's going to create no. some moderate <laughs> discomfort. Come on. Um, it's uh, it's uncomfortable. It's not going to, again,
1: burn you. You have to
5: get really close. No, it can burn your skin. It can leave a couple little burn marks. It's like a cattle prod, uh, but not quite the same voltage or amperage as a cattle prod. That's what uh, I use. It's a good deterrent. <laughs> My dog hates it. Uh, you can <laughs> chase him all over the house with it, um, but uh, you can just make the noise and he'll run away.
1: Because uh, <laughs> you zapped him the one time, probably. With the st-
5: yeah, no, we just scared him with the noise. But the problem is, you got to get really close to somebody to use something like this. And again, being non-lethal, you got to hold it on them for quite a while. You got to hold it on a major nerve center, armpit, lower back, major nerve center, uh, somewhere where it's going to cause some some discomfort and maybe get a reaction. Uh, going on to some of the other tools. So, here. so just real
2: quick though, that that first two hundred pound man's attacking you. You you stick him with this thing. What what really what, is he gonna? fall on the ground or
1: what, like, what, well, what, do, you, what do you think's going to happen like on tv the guy goes into convulsions so, yeah. falls down yeah. and he's out cold for three days <laughs> that's kind of how it happens <laughs> that hangover. in
5: real life uh with with something like this it's uncomfortable Ow. it just goes ah and it kind of makes your hand tingle hmm. and you get a, you might get a little couple burn marks on your hand <laughs> your arm okay but it's but it's not going it to knock you like out. Bacon. <laughs> it smells like bacon. I can actually smell that. Uh, so it's that's the stuff. Oh, on. I can too. So yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable. That's but burnt not hair. Ridiculously uncomfortable. I go. Okay. Uh,
1: but it's not going to knock you out.
5: Well, if you hold it on for twenty seconds, I'll take a little nap. If you hold it on for a length of time, do you time, know how long twenty seconds yeah. is? Yeah. A long time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because if you zap me, I am not waiting no, around has, twenty seconds. And you
5: might scream like a girl. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I would. But, uh, <laughs> but it's uh, definitely a deterrent uh, for a lot of folks. And that's not. A, it's good to have some tool with you.
1: Yeah, but that would be last on my list yeah, of things I'm to use. Yeah, i
5: not going to put that as first. Some of the other things I'll have. Well, the other thing you got to think about is the type of attack civilians usually run into is a sudden surprise ambush attack. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, hey, I'm preparing for an attack today. I'm going to go. Yeah, uh, you're fight walking six around with by this. the pool, and I'm going to take a pen or a stun gun. Um, this is more like I have this tool with me. If something happens and I wasn't prepared for it, obviously we always say avoid, avoid, avoid. If you have a confrontation, there's something going on down the street, avoid it. Don't go there. If I all of a sudden Joe just tackles me and I'm on the ground and I grab my pen and start jamming it in his neck or in his ear or his eye, it's going to create some discomfort, I think. Yeah. And uh, and he might be. Is that what that is? It. That's just a pen. That's a but it's made out of metal. A, but you can A, a tactical, tactical pen, sharp pen. Tactical can you write pen with from it? Five Eleven, yeah, they're actual pens you write with. But it's made out of steel, and it actually penetrates. So if you were to strike someone with it, it's going to poke a hole in the neck or the eye or the ear wow. or wherever you strike somebody with it. We do this in some of the self defense classes. We put up a like a cardboard box with a person's head on it, pop, and people pop, pop, pop. stab it a bunch of times. And you should see the aggression. So, is so kind of impressive. let's let's go
1: backwards. How much is a taser?
5: Ta- this taser? Yeah. Five dollars. Okay. Uh, really? At the Glock store. Yeah. It's, How it's, much is the pen? The, the pen about uh, anywhere. So these pens run from like uh, about see. fifteen to twenty dollars uh, to upwards of a hundred dollars, depending on the brand.
2: Do they? Uh, can those double as a glass break?
5: So one of them does. I think on the back side it has a little glass break thing, but mm. also oh, yeah, a, a rock works as a glass breaker. Too. Can and you take true. this on an airplane? so some of them you can it depends i know i've been told by the guys at 511 if it says like tactical or if it looks a little too deadly uh then they might not like it i think it says 511 right there 511. Um, but there are a couple of them that i have that just just look like a regular pen and in fact a regular pen could be used as a defensive tool
1: I was going to say, yeah.
5: Just if you have one like with this. You. Yeah, that pen right there, if you grab that, put your thumb on the back of it and start stabbing somebody stabbing. in the eye. I'll right.
2: tell you, I I used to the the pens, I used to carry a sword. I found out that those are mightier. <laughs> drum roll, drum roll. <laughs> Hell boom, yeah, boom. That just happened, folks, ah, yes, right there. Did. You're welcome. Okay, happens. so the next three look I I got to tell you, I'm extremely skeptical of the idea of of uh carrying a flashlight for for self-defense. Talk, talk, tell me, change my mind. Shoot him in the okay. eyes with that. Thing.
5: All right, so here's here's just a regular old flashlight. Uh, it lets me see. So let's just say I'm hiking on a trail at night, and there's a rattlesnake. It lets me see where it is, so I don't step on it. Yeah. So it's also just a flashlight. Uh, this one's a little bit brighter. Yeah. Right. Wait a minute. Oh, there you go. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of bright. Uh, yep. That's like a barbecue too. So you can do
2: this. Yep. Yep. Um, smell that over here. I smell the bacon too.
5: <laughs> that's serious
1: um, bacon. <laughs> how many lumens is that right
2: there
5: that's like 1100 lumens wow i still see the sun
1: how long does it last because i know those uh
5: this is rechargeable so it's there's our bright setting oh no i can't see anymore yeah. um but also uh the flashlight is mostly to identify if it's an actual threat you don't want to you don't want to cause i mean some of the higher lumen lights could be a force option themselves just by shining at somebody's face they're they're going to kind of Shy away, or maybe uh, put their hands up. Or then, if I want to see your hands, yeah, and I shine a light in your face, you're gonna probably show me your hands. Or yeah. you're going to close your eyes, and you'll know what's in his hands. And then at least I know what's in the guy's hands right now. Some of these, like the Surefire Light here, has a DNA collector on the front. <laughs> so again, is that really what's that? That's what that's called. That that's little. What's called the DNA collector, huh. and what that is is if you were to hold it like this and, and shine it in somebody's face, but also if they come, they're attacking you, you strike them in the face with it, Get strikes them in the forehead. You got a little bit of DNA. Mm. It's also an impact tool. You're hitting them in the head uh, or in a you know side of the head somewhere uh, with an impact weapon that's also a bright, shiny light. So it's disorienting, uh, to have that bright light, especially if it's darker out or low light. Uh, one other thing I tell you, this flashlight has a magnet attached to it. So I did this with my dog, we're walking the dog and he's running around playing on the field and I stick it to a wall or a little uh, fence post that's made out of metal and he runs over to the fence post cause that's where he thinks I am. Mm. So it, it does, uh, deteriorate your peripheral vision and it, uh, deteriorates your, uh, night vision. Uh, making it harder to see around uh, the light itself. Well,
2: and that's a really good explanation for how it can be used in a defensive situation. Um, I actually saw an interview years ago with, uh, I think his name's Brandon Webb. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, seal? seal. And Fox was saying, all right, well, how do you defend yourself? I think it was right after Aurora, the shooting that was in the movie theater. Yep. How can you defend yourself? And he said, well, bring a flashlight. I'm like, what? That's <laughs> I don't care what training you've had. That's the dumbest advice I've ever heard.
5: Well, I have a flashlight. I have a home defense flashlight. Um, it's really bright. It's made by Surefire. It does have a shotgun attached to it. <laughs> so it is beneficial in that regard, but it is a flashlight too. So the flashlight really is is a tool. It's a supplemental tool to identify a potential threat. Yeah. And distract. Um, and it could be a distraction. Uh, but identifying the threat is kind of important. You don't want to uh, use the wrong level of force. If I said I'm carrying pepper spray and a firearm, and I shine a light on somebody, and they have no weapons in their hand, um, and depending on what they're doing, what, they're, what their motivation or their intent is, pepper spray might be my first choice rather than going to deadly force. Because if you
1: shoot them, and, you, and they can prove that you used your flashlight on them first. By the way, your dog doesn't like you, dude.
2: he? No, it? he loves
5: me. I don't think he does. <laughs> All know. right,
1: so
2: moving on to pepper spray, there's a particular uh, brand that you like.
5: It is. It's Palm Pepper Spray. It's peace of mind from Palm Industries, Uh. and really good product. Uh, The canister design is phenomenal. Uh, The size, of I was kind of concerned with the size of it, just going like, how long is this gonna last? It lasts about 10 to 12 seconds, one long spray, Uh or you can do multiple shorter sprays, uh, but it'll spray 10 to 12 feet, which is pretty far. Uh, So we're spraying that pretty far. Uh, If if I were to show you with uh, one of the inert sprays, which I have
2: here. The inert spray, so it's a spray with just water?
5: So I, I could, hope so. I could do hit Michael up <laughs> here. You? Should we do I a little, spray Michael. little demo? Who Michael, would you, who would you like Michael. to get sprayed? Spray
1: Michael. He likes to get sprayed.
5: Yeah, you got to go down the hall there to. Uh...
2: You promise this is good radio, Dave? It's
1: phenomenal
5: radio. I right, think so, it's
2: good. So I'm going to say one, two, three, four. Five.
5: Hold on a second. Is this like 15 feet? That's like 15. You want me to stand up and do this? This far away, and I spray you in the face. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I I working. Come on over and let's
1: see. <laughs> oh, my God. It doesn't, it's does it, not
5: water. How does it taste? A little does alcohol taste based? Like old water.
2: <laughs> I can't taste anything. That's good. I can't see anything. What happened now? COVID. So so All right. Yeah. So on r- your face. Yeah. Right. In, they just, I just haven't brushed did it get off in your eyes. Got you in my eyes. Did you breathe in any of it? Um, I think so. Yeah. You know.
5: So, well, it doesn't smell as good as the actual pepper spray. Yeah. Um so That works. 15 feet away. So that's, and it's still, it's, if you feel it, it's still got some left. I could have sprayed a lot longer. Uh, and you'd be a lot more wet. Well, thanks Are these the,
1: rechargeable? Can, you, can the, you refill them?
5: No. Okay. So, but the benefit is they're not very expensive. $12. So, yeah. I looked them up. So they're, they're so pretty expensive. I've been wanting to get one
1: for my wife, and I just have never, and now I wrote it down, so I will get one.
5: Well, tell me what color you want, and I'll just give you one.
1: Oh, I don't
2: care what color it is. So how it? do they find you? CCW?
1: Yeah.
5: CCWUSA.com. Uh, check out our website uh, for concealed carry training. Look at the co- California Concealed Carry page. Watch the 15 minute video from San Diego County Gunners on how to get your CCW permit. And then. Can they buy Palm through you? They can. We we have a discount code, but you guys have a better deal. Oh, yeah, check this Again. out.
1: Special offer 10% off Palm Pepper Spray. Just use Gun Owners Radio on the website. Get dash POM.com. And if you're a member, you can get. Four for the price of three with a 25% discount. And if you want to be a member and get your discount, join sdcgo.org slash join. I think it's a. I think that, personally, out of everything that you've showed us, I, I think that's the way to go.
5: And it's not, not unheard of to have more than one tool. I carry a flashlight. Yeah. I carry a pen. Uh, maybe <laughs> and you a have a dog. Other yeah, and I have my dog. <laughs> there you go.
1: Hey, folks. Thanks, Bill. Ghost guns have been in the spotlight lately. Don't go anywhere, because after the break, Rob Pincus will be joining us to talk about the hot topic right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to... FM 96.1 AM 1170 The Answer
4: So, ghost guns Should we be afraid of them as much as the media says we should? Rob Pincus is on the line to talk about it And also about the recent incident where a murderer used one in San Diego Before we get into it though um, We have to tell you about Seal 1
1: Absolutely You know, some people enjoy taking the time to clean their guns A.K. Michael Schwartz Heck yeah After going to the range Then there's people, like me, that just want to clean their guns and get on with life. And if you're in that second group, Seal One is for you. Seal One CLP Plus is an all-in-one solution that cleans, lubricates, and protects your guns. It's also natural, non-toxic, and environmentally friendly. Pick some up at Gunfighter Tactical over over on Miramar Road, or ask for it by name at your local shop. Clean your guns faster and better with Seal One. Use the code G-O-R-2-5 for a 25% discount off your order. First order on their website at seal onecom .net. dot onenet I, I do that every time. <laughs> every time. you write .net.
2: seal onenet seal uh, onenet Excellent, excellent product. I use it myself and love it very, very much. Yep. Right in the sink. All right. So, like Joe uh, talked about, the ghost guns. Scary, Ooh. scary ghost guns. And it's not even October. Uh, ghost guns are in the uh, in the news, so we wanted to have uh, an expert come on and talk about it, our, our good buddy and uh, friend of the show, Rob Pincus. Rob, you there?
6: I am here. It's uh, good to be on the show with you guys. I don't, I don't know if I'm uh, an expert in gun making, but I certainly am uh, I'm an enthusiast, and I'm excited about it, so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about it, including the fact that uh, you guys recently, uh, local to you, had a, a crime involving one of these uh, unserialized guns, I guess.
2: Yeah, exactly. They they call them ghost guns. Do you consider, you know, and and after that happened in San Diego, I did a couple of interviews with some of the local uh, TV stations. And one of the things I did was uh, I made sure to clarify that, hey, what a ghost gun really is, is a home manufactured gun. Uh, Do you feel like ghost gun is a purposely pejorative term or do you think it's just kind of slang?
6: Well, it was slang uh, inside of the gun community, right? We use, I mean, the ghost gunner company that makes desktop CNC machines, you know, specifically for firearms receiver making. uh, You know, we use the ghost gunner as a a kind of a a slang speech for a gun that was off the record books. In other words, a a self-made gun that doesn't have a serial number that's made not for any criminal purpose, but just made for pride of ownership as a freedom hobby, if, if nothing else. And uh, then the term was sort of turned against us because it does have a very negative connotation now. Um, And it sort of catches us in between. Right. Um, On the one hand, we don't want to have words taken away from us. And on the other hand, we have to realize that ghost gunner, uh, sorry, ghost guns, it's becoming a, a very negative term in the press and for politicians. But if we stop using it, if someone goes to that search engine and types in ghost gun, all they're going to see is the negative. So we do have a line to walk here about educating people, but also not shunning the term. I
4: like think you need to lighten people up a little bit. Is it a ghost gun, a gun that goes boo instead of boom?
6: <laughs> right, right. right. There you go. Just, well, uh, drop the M.
1: Well, you know what? I hate to say this, but... Did this you is, just make that up, Joe? Yeah, he did. You we're, gonna, that's, we're, that's totally we're going doing. Nice. <laughs> well, it's no different than building a hot rod from the ground up. Yeah. If you go and, and you build your own chassis, you put your own tires and wheels, your suspension, your engine, your body, and you build it your son, it's a ghost car if it's not serialized. Mm. That, and, that's a real term? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could kill people with it, you could drive over <laughs> people with it. So, I mean, it, it just, yeah, it's just, it is kind of like that.
2: Back in the 60s, everybody was making a hot rod. And yeah. And, uh, you know, in the 80s, people were making like home studio, you know, audio visual. Then in the 90s, people were making their own computer. And now, there you know, hot rods are uh, you know ARs. Exactly. I don't but know.
1: None of them say boo. None right. of them say boo. I know. You want one that says.
2: Boo. I want so boo. when Rob, when someone asks you, well, why do we? Why do people do this? Why do people make? Uh, you know, our home manufactured guns. Why do people have guns that are unserialized? What's what's your? Um, you not that you have to have a need. You know, you don't have to justify what you do. But uh, what do you tell people? How do you explain? Hey, this is why people are doing that.
6: Well, I think the reasons vary, right? There is thought diversity inside of the gun community. There's there's tens of millions of gun owners, you know, probably over 100 million gun owners in the country now. And we all have different reasons for owning the guns we own and for doing the things we do with guns. Now, there's a consensus that I think the majority own guns for personal defense, defense of their family, defense of our way of life if we need to. But when it comes to the gun-making hobby, I mean, I do it because I can. I do it because it's fun. It's, It's creative. Uh, it's, it's everything I do that comes out of that 3D printer, for example, is a custom gun. Um, the guns that I make out of kits are, are less customy, but, but there's certainly there's a pride of ownership and there's a, there's a craftsmanship that goes into it. I tell people, you know, when you start building guns, it also becomes very educational. Um, so you learn more about the gun. If you understand the physics and the engineering of the gun, maybe things like shooting stances and grip make more sense to you because you understand how to support the guns engineering and the physics of the springs and the recoil and things like that. So there's a lot of different reasons why people do it. Um, again, for me, I'd mainly do it because it's fun. It allows me to customize guns and it allows me to, to tinker with design and tweak grip sizes and frame shapes uh, that better fit my hand. Um, I wish that it weren't, uh, there wasn't a prohibition against selling them because I'd, I'd enjoy making guns uh, you know, for my daughter or making guns for friends that, that, that had certain needs in terms of hand shape, hand size. And I think that's one of the things that's going to come in the near future with the advent of 3D printing and with the the quality that you can now get out of 3D printers that are fairly priced. I think we're going to see more and more gun companies start selling more customized guns to individuals. Now, they'll still be serialized, right? And obviously in California, everybody who makes a gun is supposed to get a serial number from the state. Um, So I, I don't think the only reason to do it is to keep the guns off the books. Certainly, there are people who do it for that reason, but I have to think that's a, a real minority.
2: So, and that, that's another. Uh, there's a couple of really important points um, that you just touched on. One: if you home manufacture a firearm, that firearm you cannot sell it. You can't sell that firearm, correct?
6: Correct. And and it's in, in now in California, it's explicitly illegal to sell a home manufactured gun, as I understand the law there. Right. But generally speaking, the rule – it's the same rule as a straw purchase. If you go into a gun shop and you buy a gun with the intent of going out into the parking lot and saying, hey, I just bought the last one, anybody want to buy it for $50 over retail, you are committing a crime. You bought a gun for the intention of selling it, and you're not a licensed dealer. Uh, Same thing if someone says, you know, I can't buy a gun – Because of my criminal record, will you go buy one for me, and if you go buy one from a, uh, you know, you lie on the 4473 and you commit a straw purchase crime, then you're you're already doing something wrong. Well, making guns and selling them is the same way. Now, I do have a manufacturer's license, but what I do with 3D printing and kit building is just for my own personal use. If I were to manufacture a gun for sale, I would have to do it under my manufacturer's license, under Vidity Arms, and put a serial number on it, and then it would be logged. So there is a gray area there, right? Because if I buy a gun and I keep it for six months and I decide I don't like it and I want to sell it to a friend in a state where private transfers are legal or if I want to take it to a dealer and sell it to a dealer or sell it through a dealer to somebody else, that is perfectly fine. That's not a straw purchase because I didn't buy the gun with the intent to transfer it to somebody else. Um, We can do the same thing in most states with manufactured guns. Um, If I make a gun and I decide that I don't like it or I've got – too many guns. I, don't even, I, I stutter to say that. I don't know how that would happen. But if I ended up thinking, you know, I've got too many guns today, I need to sell one of these, and I decided to sell one of them, that is technically possible.
2: And there there are two other things to, to, that people need to know and, and repeat. Um, when it comes to home-manufactured guns. One is, if you're a prohibited person, meaning you, you can't legally own a gun, then you cannot legally manufacture a gun at home. You can't make a ghost gun. You can't home-manufacture a, go- a ghost gun. That is not a loophole. If you are a prohibited person in all 50 states, you are unable to home-manufacture a firearm, right?
6: Right. So this kind of gets into the, the whole freedom issue and the rights restrictions issue, right? Right. So if, this, if someone is already breaking the law, like if somebody breaks into a car, steals a gun out of a car, and then goes and commits a robbery or a murder or a spree killing, then you know, they were already violating the law. And this is one of the problems with a lot of gun restrictions. When you say to somebody, you know, we're going to tell you that, that ghost guns are a loophole by which felons get guns. That's really disingenuous because there's a whole bunch of different ways prohibited people can get guns and I got to tell you most of them are a lot easier than making your own gun.
2: And the other thing uh, about uh, home manufactured guns you can't home manufacture a gun that would be that would be illegal to purchase you know any other way So if there is a certain configuration that is illegal, home manufacturing it does not get you around those laws right?
6: Right, the laws are the same. So so imagine if you wanted to have a short-barreled rifle, for example. You, If you're in a state where short-barreled rifles are legal, you can manufacture a short-barreled rifle, but you would have to apply for a – Tax stamp, just like you were, you would if you were going to buy one from someone. Saying so, the same thing for suppressors, you can make your own suppressor, but you have to do a you have to fill out a form and pay a two hundred dollar tax stamp. And of course, that would have to have then a serial number and be entered into the the NFA registry with the BATFE. <laughs> it's
2: great. What do you what do you think should happen? I mean, do you think they should? Uh, do you think anything should happen with uh, home manufacturing laws, or you know, where are we on the on the subject? Do you think we have all we all we need? And then let's let's have you let's have you answer have that have at the beginning of the country. next segment.
1: Yeah. Does that mean forged and fires going to be taken off the History Channel? Because <laughs> you can make knives, make knives, axes, you know, all sorts of things. You know, I'm just saying. You know, nothing to me. Hey, stick around. In the next segment we'll be continuing this discussion. On Ghost Guns with Rob Pincus on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer.
0: Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All
1: right, folks. Hey. This is FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Self-defense in emergencies, they can happen to anyone, and there's no guarantee that the justice system will be on your side. Gun owners should have coverage for the legal battle after your self-defense battle. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year, with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Hey, guess what? Gun Owner Radio listeners, you can get a free T-shirt when you join. Use promo code Gun, Gun Owners Radio at uslawshield.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor. Hit that like button and subscribe button and tell all your friends. All right, let's get back with Rob Pincus. Hey, Rob, how you doing?
6: I'm doing good, guys. Good, good, you, good. I really- I appreciate the fact that you guys are aligned with so many great names in the gun community and and also advertising a lot of local stuff uh, that I'm hearing anyway during the commercial breaks for uh, people interested in self-defense training, getting their concealed carry, all that stuff.
2: Oh, yeah, we do a ton. So San Diego County Gunners, we do a ton of education on how to get your CCWs because for so many decades it was impossible to get your CCW. So we do a ton of that. And, Rob, of course, you're a uh, nationally recognized and, and respected firearms instructor. And uh, we're talking to you about ghost guns, the scary, scary ghost guns. Um, so before we went into the break, we asked, uh, "What do? You, what is? What is your opinion? You're you're an expert on firearms. You're you're uh, an expert on firearm law, and uh, you know, very engaged um, activist. Are we missing anything when it comes to home manufactured firearms? Or, or you know, do we need to tweak anything? Does anything need to be added?" Well, I'll tell
6: you what I'd like to see. I'd like to see more industry support. And I think because the only thing that really I think is a is a very reasonable concern that we have in the gun community is the quality and safety of these manufactured guns and the safety of the people using them. I mean, there was just this very high profile story that's being passed around the community uh, about uh, Kentucky Ballistics, um, who had a flawed or apparently tampered with piece of ammunition loaded into a rifle that then subsequently blew the rifle up on him, a, a traditionally manufactured rifle. Um, and he went, he went into the hospital, almost died from an injury sustained. It was completely beyond his control because the ammunition was overpressured. Uh, if you think about it, you know that's really the, the most important thing is that we, we educate the gun community about making guns and, and we get industry support. So I'm I'm really excited about the Gun Makers match that we have coming up on June 19th in Florida.
2: What's um, that about? Tell on, us about that.
6: Uh, yeah, so on June 19th at St. Augustine, uh, Florida, at the Ancient City shooting range, we're going to be conducting a match with a division for 3D printed b- guns and kit-based guns um, like your polymer 80s or lone wolf or SS 80 type uh, kit builds. And that competition is going to be a place for gun makers to show off what they've done. And for us to, to let people know that this is an everyday gun owner kind of hobby. It's very approachable. It's, it's very reasonable to want to get into it. And there's, like I said before, there's a whole bunch of different reasons why someone might get into gun making, but the match is going to be a place for people to show off what they've done, for people who are curious about the hobby to come check out what people are doing in the 3D printed space and with kit builds. And again, the fact that we have so much industry support is just awesome. I mean, obviously, a company like Polymer 80, they're very invested in the gun making hobby. So they, they are core to some of the mainstreaming. that's happened with kit building over the last few years. Um, they're a California-based company. They are going to be um, one of our main sponsors. We also have the National Association of Sporting Goods Wholesalers, which is one of the most um, established groups that works with the gun industry, the biggest names in the gun industry. Um, Brownells is involved, JFD Supply, Firearms Policy Coalition, also headquartered in uh, California. Big fan of them. So so we're we're really excited about this match and the way it will help other people understand what's going on. Because, again, I think the only thing we need is more industry support, more people celebrating the hobby. And that will mean more quality information is out there, more quality parts, and more guidance for people who are curious about getting into it. But also, understandably, a little hesitant because they're concerned about the safety issues of homemade guns. And uh, I got to tell you, I've been very, very impressed with the support that, that exists out there, especially in the 3D printing community that is focused on quality and safety.
2: So we had a we had a guest at the beginning of the show. Um, she her name's Kaylee. She's awesome. She just graduated high school um, not too long ago. I think it was last year she graduated high school. But she was a she was a survivor of a, of a school shooting, which uh, uh, made her even more pro Second Amendment. And uh, the uh, the horrible murderer who uh, committed that act at her school used a home manufactured firearm. And, uh, when I asked her, you know, well, what do you, what do you think needs to happen? Um, her, her answer was not about, you know, forcing serialization of firearms and that sort of thing. She said, well, I think we need to get rid of gun free zones because all these uh, horrible, heinous acts are happening in gun free zones, which I thought was, uh, extremely insightful and, and, um, thoughtful you know she didn't let emotion uh take her over she uh you know thought this through and and i thought it was a really really good answer now we just had an incident in downtown san diego um, where some psycho used a home manufactured firearm to commit a horrible horrible act did you read about that rob
6: i did in fact i've read several stories and i saw some of michael's contributions too in in the interviews that he's done how did how did i do i thought you did great man i I thought the reality is Uh, People have to understand this as another version of gun freedom and not some, you know, way tangent out in the woods anomaly situation that hardly anybody engages in. I mean, again, when you look at hundreds of thousands of gun kits being sold, plus all the 3D printing, plus all the other kind of home manufacturing, I mean, this has been going on for decades, right? Brownells has been selling gun makers parts to modify or even build guns from scratch for literally over 50 years. Um, this is something that's been going on for a long time. Is it more popular now than it ever has been? Absolutely. Is it also being talked about more in the media? Yes. Are people looking at it closer? Absolutely. You, know, you have to remember, ghost guns, it, it, that term now in the pejorative use is being applied to everything from a gun that had the serial numbers filed off to a kit build to a 3D-printed gun to a stolen gun. I mean, there are people using this term really now for any gun that is transferred in any way or or created in any way other than being sold with a Form 4473 being filled out and somebody being tied to it with a paper trail. And that just sort of reveals the emphasis that the anti-gunners have on gun registration, having a list of where every gun is and who every gun owner is, and obviously that's a pathway to potential confiscation, and that's something that's just never going to happen here in the U.S., and and I think we know that, um, but they aren't going to stop trying.
1: So are you inviting the media, you know, the MSNBC and CNN, are you inviting them to the match to actually get the true story on homemade uh, firearms?
6: Absolutely. We are going to have gun media there. I know, like Michael Bain, for example, is making a big deal about the fact that he's been building a kit gun specifically so that he can compete uh, on June 19th. He's going to be there. Who's Michael Bain?
2: I'm sorry. I know the name.
6: Uh, You might have heard of him. He's been probably the most prolific gun TV guy over the last 30 or 40 years on the Outdoor Channel. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Michael. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah. Uh, so he does uh, gun gallery. Uh, yes. Or, sorry. Um, and and his thing that I did with him was the best defense. We started the best defense in uh, 2008, I think, and that show ran for a decade on uh, Outdoor Channel. But he's now doing uh, direct to the internet television production. Um, he's independent now, and he's going to be down there covering the match. And we're also going to have some mainstream media. In fact, um, one very. I think people generally think of Vice News as left leaning, uh, but they've done some very fair reporting on, on firearms and firearms owners in the past, and they're going to be coming down to the match as well.
2: So, okay, so the chief of police in San Diego, uh, Nieslett, uh he came out after the week after, you know, was basically ordered by the city council to come out and, you know, give a report. How? And he he said there's like a 120 percent increase in uh, unserialized firearms that they're finding on on criminals. And part of the point I made to the media was, OK, well, then he's admitting that the gun laws, you know, because the, the, they're supposed to be serialized in California. And they're basically Biden is taking that uh, blueprint for the California uh, blueprint and trying to spread it to, you know, 49 other states. If the chief of police is saying, hey, all, all this is happening, isn't he basically proving that it doesn't work? Do you agree with that?
6: Yeah, I think that there's definitely an indication there that the current measures aren't working. They're aimed in the wrong direction. They're aimed at responsible gun owners. They're not aimed at criminals, and and that's obviously a problem uh, from GO. The other thing we have to realize is that a 120% increase when people haven't been paying attention to this in the past may not be all that much.
1: Rob, Rob, it's too difficult to take guns away from criminals. We have to go after the law-abiding citizens.
6: Well, I, I will uh, agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> uh, hey, Rob, you
2: have a, where should, where can people find out more about you, man?
6: Uh, you know what? I want people to check out gunmakersmatch.com and 2AO.org. 2AO.org is where I do all my gun rights advocacy stuff, and gunmakersmatch.com is where people can still get registered to participate in that event in St. Augustine on June 19th. And Thanks, by,
1: Rob. And by the way, Rob, that's what the politicians tell me when I tell them. Shouldn't you be concentrating on the criminals, not the you know the law-abiding I citizens? That's I the, know. it's crazy. Yeah, that's the answer I get, which makes all the sense in the world. All right, buddy, have a good time at the match. All
6: right, take care, guys.
1: All right, hey, we're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, a whole lot more. Wait a minute, there's a whole there's a thing you gotta. No, I can't read that. You're not gonna read it? Oh, no, okay. you told you me not wait to. Wait two weeks. Oh, my butt, my bet. See, you messed up. the Whole exit. Now I gotta start all over again. <laughs>
2: Sorry, guys. <laughs>
1: All right, folks, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. Don't go anywhere. Joe Giamese's got a surprise for you right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. No, we're skipping that. <laughs> All right, folks. P-R-M-I mortgage. Primerez.com slash Alpine. Hey, are you in the military? Are you looking for help with a VA loan? Or maybe if you're just looking to buy, refi, or considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy. That you can trust call chris wiley at prmi mortgage for nearly 25 years chris has been helping local san diegans with all their mortgage needs call chris wiley at 619-722-1303 or just go to primeres.com alpine all right joe what do you got for us as far as a
4: gear review I got accessories. May is the accessory month, is it not? Oh, that's
1: right. We love accessories. So
4: I've accessorized my gun. Michael accessorizes all his guns. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So, um, oh, the other thing too—the thing that we skipped. Yeah. When uh, in a couple of weeks, when you get to read the thing that we skipped, you got to come up with the uh, the pirates' favorite letter. Pirate um,
0: R. (laughs) Is
4: it (laughs) R? C. Uh, C. Now you can't use it again.
1: (laughs) It's not C. No, it's, yeah, it's R. Like, it's got to be R. And you got to come up with music. Pirate,
6: pirate music. Well, well there. Is, I was going to say, I don't know if you guys know this right now, but there's a pirate song that's actually very popular around the world right now called Wellerman, and it's like a classic pirate song. So oh, we're, yeah. we're just joining the trend of you pirate You would know memes. that, right? Of course. Who For doesn't you, know that? Right
1: you were dancing to that the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did see you doing that. A little bit of a jig. A little boogaloo.
4: Okay, so accessories. So what I have here today is the uh, Magpul M-Lock... Um, angled foregrip and uh if i could bring a gun in i'd have shown you with it on Not the line, but i can't do that but um i think rich and Shauncey Sa- and have uh, come up with some pictures uh to show you but what this is and you have to use your imagination here i guess because it's radio
1: hold your arm out like you're a rifle barrel
4: we could do that actually you could hold your arm out like a rifle barrel I'll install this for you but uh if it'll work that way <laughs> let's see super glued if, to my arm uh, so what this is this is another one of those things that um that are another one of the examples of the range costing me money because um <laughs> i was at the range one day doing my rso shift you somebody had one of these join. and i thought wow that's cool i like that so what this is you could see it this mounts on the front and it's um it's an m version so the the m-lock mounting you've seen the the uh what do you call them, the shrouds, I guess, around the barrels mm-hmm. that have all the holes and things in them. That's, uh, that's an M-lock system. So what we have with this, it's two screws that come up through here and then two little bars on there. And you mount it on your on your barrel or on your gun here. So if that was the barrel of my gun, mount it down here just like that. And what it gives you is a really nice place to grab because you reach around with your forehand up there and you could put your finger, your index finger, around the front of this. Your other three fingers go right in that, that little... Uh, curved section, and then your thumbs over the barrel, and it allows you to really get a nice grip on your AR, whatever style um, uh, gun you're using this on, and it works really well. I've got one on my AR, and um, I've got this one that's going to go on my uh, on my wife's um, uh, PCC carbine gun. So uh, we're going to put that on there, but it's a really great. Um, it's just really nice. I don't know if you've. Uh, if you've shot you know, with ARs and things like that that don't have anything up there where you're just grabbing around that, that barrel shroud, it's, um, it's okay. I mean, you can grab it, and it works just fine. But this is really nice, and it's not a vertical grip. So it's not, um, you know, it doesn't fall into the California illegal thing. <clears throat> but it's actually nicer, I think. Uh, I know one of the things that they, one of the selling points they talk about on Magpul is that they say when you have the vertical grip and you're grabbing like that, it doesn't give you as much control over the uh, recoil of the gun as it does this way. When this is mounted on the bottom and you're grabbing the whole thing, like this with your thumb around top, you've got a little more control over the recoil, which isn't a big deal with the ARs. But if you've got some bigger guns, it's uh, it's uh, a bigger deal. But anyway, it works really well. You can get these things. They list for uh, I think twenty nine dollars on Magpul. Um, I found them on Optics Planet and on Midway USA for twenty six. So uh, they're easy enough to get. They're a, um, a high-strength polymer. They're really light. They're 1.2 ounces, I think, is what they weigh on there, and just a really nice, um, just a really nice. Uh, How many feature. different
1: guns can you get? I mean, does it? Do they make it? Because like I'm thinking, I've got my uh, Ruger 1020, 22.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, as long well, this particular one, as long as it has that that m Lock style shroud up there that you can mount to.
1: I'll have to look. Like a, it's like holes. a
2: yeah, like a,
1: a an accessory. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mount, because I think that would be really a nice, you know, when you, because when, when I hold it, I don't remember, you know, it's I think it's just a smooth.
4: Yeah, see, this this makes a huge difference. And again, I was at the range and somebody's shooting with one of these, mm-hmm. and uh, hey, I tried it. Yeah, because everybody's friendly like that. That's why the, they cost you so much money. I mean, it cost me a lot of money anyway. I, was, I don't know if I was telling you. I think I was telling Bill. uh I did a shotgun class yesterday with that was uh, Dave Reed. And, um, it's essentially, it's, it's a shotgun basics, but it's essentially a trap class. It's the NRA shotgun class or basics class. And, um, I got to shoot a, uh. A Browning Satori trap gun. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
1: Now you. are know, oh, getting
4: I'm a Browning. Satori. Yeah. You know, and somebody was saying, well, you know, these three thousand dollar trap guns, and I, I thought, okay, three thousand, that's not dangerous. And then the guy said, no, nah, it's about sixteen so, hundred. Oh, that's dangerous. Because <laughs> uh, so that. Wait a minute. That's you're you're getting list. a
2: real gun, and you're taking lessons. You don't get to. Sh- <laughs> you don't get to shoot sporting clays with us anymore.
4: Well, it's a, technically, it's a it's a trap gun, not not a uh, sporting. Cl- Actually, it's supposed to be a crossover. Yeah. We're like
2: a we're like a couch league of sporting clays. <laughs>
4: Well, that was yeah. One of the guys in the class yesterday too was, was one of the old guys that that shoots that a couple of times a week. So because I never shot trap before, so I got to stand in there and, and go through that and do a couple of games of trap. It's a trap. Uh, yeah, the, you know we shoot. You shoot twenty five rounds and like <laughs> I think he missed one out of the twenty five. Mm. So ah, uh, jeez. Oh, he he needs fine.
2: to be in your group. No, he does not. <laughs> <laughs>
4: but um, <laughs> strictly amateur. But again, just another thing. If you go to the range and shoot, you find stuff. So that one, do you have any of those on your guns, Mike?
2: Uh, no, I don't. Um, I uh, I would like a foregrip very, very much. I actually, I have a, I have an old school. Um, uh, they call it a broom handle. Okay. Uh, forward, because uh, it looks like a broom handle. It just goes straight down, and it's uh, it's on my KSG. It's on my shotgun, so it's legal. Uh, and on a KSG, it's got such a short, you know, it comes right up to the edge of the barrel. Um, so you you really have to have. Um, I think you really have the KSG. Ha- you have to have some kind of uh, foregrip on it in order to use it. So that's the only one. If if I could do it legally, like I like that a lot. I might try that on my AR. But I really do think that an AR is is better. Uh, it's better with a with a foregrip. I really do. I think it is. I, I you know, and that's the best we can do in California.
4: Right. Well, yeah. see, and that's the thing too with the again these laws. Are, they're not only dumb and ineffective, but they're they're dangerous yeah. because uh, like not not being able to have say the pistol grip on your ar style platform the you know you've seen some of those shark fins and things like that and it actually it disturbs your grip you can't you can't control the gun as well so i mean they're potentially dangerous things i think and they're you know especially with an amateur well and they're mandated in i mean but but anyone i mean it's especially now this time of year starting to get warm not today but eventually it'll get warm here and you know your hands sweat it's it's hot out there and uh i was really surprised the first time i tried one of those uh the shark uh, fin kind of thing to make yeah. it California compliant. Uh I hadn't realized how much that goofs your grip up and yeah. you just don't have as much control over the firearm. Yeah,
2: that thumb shelf helps, but you're right. It doesn't, you know, it's really really awkward. Yeah, so these like I said So does this would you would you if you had to compare, you know, a real full-fledged foregrip, mm-hmm. you know, how what what you know assign a percentage like how is it does this replace it you know does this do the same job hundred percent or or ten percent or what do you think
4: you know I I think it's probably better than uh, just like you're talking really? about the broom handle thing yeah well and the reason is you can get a lot of grip by putting your three fingers up under this angled part and then your um, your index finger around the front you could pull it back into you and really secure the gun in your shoulder and then your thumb is up around the top of the barrel mm-hmm. so you know that as opposed to grabbing this this way because if you've got if you're shooting something that's bigger say than a um, a 223 round mm-hmm. when that that recoil wants to come up mm. a little bit so trying to pull this down i think you're weaker than if you've got your hand oriented this way and you're pulling back and, and pushing down on it
2: that's interesting joe that's that's a that's high praise so if if you have the choice You'd still pick that over a over a traditional uh, ninety degree uh, knob. Yeah, I like this one. I wow. think this works better. Okay.
4: But, but again, I'm not a former seal, so I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> in my experience, I think I would go with this. And this is a, you know, for twenty six bucks, experiment, try it. Twenty six bucks or two screws, no gunsmith involved. You know, you slap it on there. If it works, great. <laughs> if not, go back to your broomstick.
2: So that's mag pull twenty six bucks interesting yeah
4: it's the m-lock and this i guess is their third round or third generation with this because they started out with the afg and then the afg2 and now this is the uh more modern uh afg
1: again well and i gotta (laughs) tell you the instructions you know are very very explicit and it shows you what with too much gap too little gap and proper gap and even torque specifications and you can get it in black uh looks like field green od and gray Yes, so,
4: so uh, yeah. if all you Look right. on their website; they've got a lot of good, um, a lot of good pictures on there. I wish I could have I think, shown you one. Now I
2: think you bit. just talked me out of twenty-six bucks.
4: <laughs> doesn't take much. Well, you know, if you if you can because I don't have much. If you can't go to the range and spend money, sure, then do it <laughs> get at ideas your house.
1: Here, all right, folks. Hey, do you know where? Uh, well, let me get to the right page here. Oh yeah, I'm on the right page.
4: Don't talk about pirates. We're no,
1: no, we no. are killing
2: it with the professionalism today. <laughs> I know,
1: are we, though? <laughs> hey, did you know we're doing a panel discussion on our Magnum show? We just released our panel discussion on the rise in violence against Asian Americans. Watch our Magnum show by going to gunownersradio.com slash magnum. This is Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. The big news in the Second Amendment world is the
2: Supreme Court will actually be hearing a Second Amendment case. Things didn't look so promising last year when they turned down 10 cases related to the Second Amendment, but they're finally going to tackle it. Joe's going to talk about what it means for gun owners right after Dave tells you about Black
1: Hound Optics. That's right, folks. Black Hound Optics. Accurate, affordable, guaranteed. Sporting optics that go the distance. Backed by customer service that goes that extra mile. Great guys, great product, and a great company that is making optics affordable. On top of quality optics, they pay close attention to the customer experience. And did you know their scopes come with mounts? So you don't have to worry about finding one that fits your gut. We are so excited to have them as an official partner of the show. Ask for them at your local gun store, or find them online at BlackHoundOptics.com. All right, Joe, what do you got?
4: Okay, so we're going to talk about the. Um, we're we going to talk about. We're going to talk about the. Uh, <laughs> the Supreme Court has uh, agreed to hear a Second Amendment case uh, in their next session, which starts in October, the first Monday of October. Yeah, uh, yeah. I do that. Yep. So uh, they're going to hear a, a Second Amendment case finally. And like Michael was saying earlier, they neglected or they chose not to hear, I think 10, I think you're all right, 10 of them yep. last year for different reasons. I, I don't know what the, their reasoning is. I know the, the popular theory is that a lot of the justices felt like they didn't have a good solid majority and they didn't want to hear, they didn't want to have to rule on a uh, second amendment case and get it wrong. I don't know. I don't know what the, uh, if there's any truth to that, but it's a cool theory though. Yeah. I like that theory. So what they're hearing this time, or what they've agreed to hear next next session, is um, a case from the, the New York Rifle and Pistol Association versus Corlett, who's one of the uh, – I believe Corlett's the attorney general? Or was it secretary of state in New York? Uh, it's the yeah. attorney general. That's what I was thinking, yeah. For some reason, I thought it was somebody different than that. But anyway, Corlett's the, uh, the state. And uh, they're bringing this lawsuit, and they're challenging the – Concealed carry restrictions in New York State. So, in New York State—they're a uh, New York State is a may-issue state, and there's uh, surprisingly there's only seven may-issue states in the country. And that's one of the things that I talk about in here too. or one of the things I think it's worth keeping in mind that things are not as bleak as you know you would think. I mean, with everything we have, Joe Biden, we've got the the ammo shortage, the gun shortage, this attack on the Second Amendment, but realistically. The, if you look around the country, you know, seven states out of 50 are May issue states, which means the other, uh, what, 43 states are shall issue states. So um, things aren't really that bad, and the trend is being, is moving toward pro-Second Amendment anyway. So this could be a great uh, case if it, again, depending on how it gets ruled on. The uh, question that they ask in the state is whether the Second Amendment allows the government to um, – Prohibit ordinary law-abiding citizens from carrying handguns outside the home for uh, personal protection or for self-defense. And in New York, you require a—they require a concealed carry permit, like we have. Uh, they also—and that's to carry outside the home. They also require a what is it—a premises license to even yeah. possess a gun in the home, and then they have a restricted uh, permit to. Uh, to transport, I guess, the firearms uh, in, in limited conditions, like if you're hunting or if you're going to the range or something like that. So it's very restrictive back there. And um, the uh, two plaintiffs in the case are two people that had applied for a uh, concealed carry, and they were turned down for the concealed carry, but they were given restricted permits. So they're, uh, they're the plaintiffs on this. And it'll be interesting to see how the court rules. Because you know it's you don't know I guess until it happens. It's hard to to um, foresee I guess how they're going to rule. But if you look at the makeup of the court now, we have uh, five justices that are considered constitutional type justices, justices that are likely to rule in accordance with the Constitution. So you've got who do you have? You have Clarence Thomas. You've yep. got uh, Kavanaugh, A, uh, Coney Barrett, yep. Kavanaugh, uh, Sam Alito, and uh, Gorsuch are the five that are likely to rule that way. You've got three justices that tend to be more influenced by, I think, social ideas and social things and maybe less influenced by the constitution. Uh, yeah. So you've got uh, Sotomayor, you've got Kagan is one, and then Breyer, I think is the third. And then, um, You've got the Chief Justice John. I say,
1: where does he Where does he stand? John
4: mm-hmm. Roberts is allegedly a conservative, but he seems to be very political. He seems to be more swayed by the political climate, and he's ruled on both sides. So, I don't. He was kind of the wild card, which people were not at least people on our side were not real confident in anyway. So, if you look at how this might go, um, you know they're going to argue this case. The defendants are arguing that or not the defendants the uh, plaintiffs are arguing that the state that the second amendment prevents the state from prohibiting their ability to protect themselves with firearms the state is going to argue that this law has been in place for over 100 years they're saying it's uh, very flexible and they're saying many people have been able to you know qualify and get their concealed carry permits well if you look at New York New York's uh, I think the last census uh as of last year anyway, New York's got about 19.3 million people. Uh, they've issued, according to John Lott in his last uh, annual survey, they've issued 196,000, I think, concealed carry permits, which comes out to about 1% of their population, which is well below what it is across the country. Nationally, it's around 7 point something percent for concealed carriers. And uh, again, according to John Lott's annual survey. And uh if you look at Lott's numbers, if he removes California and New York, two of the most restrictive states, it's more like 10-point-something percent of people in the country uh, have concealed carry permits. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they argue. Uh,
2: well, this case, too, it, it's this is the same case that was um, a few years ago. It was It was going to go in front of the Supreme Court, and the state of New York tweaked their law a yep. little bit.
4: That was in the city in New York City, right?
2: Yeah. And, and they and they decided, okay, you know what, this this case is moot now because they tweaked the law a little bit, and now the Supreme Court is saying, you know what, we're we want this case. D- my thought when, when when reading this is number one, they want to rule on 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 Kerry. They want to rule on the right to bear arms. That's a, that's a priority. Somebody in that court, somebody in the Supreme Court said, you know what, we have the votes, we want to rule. But do you think that they they took this case back up because they're worried about court packing and, and Biden and they decided, you know what, we need to get this on the, on the books.
4: Well, they could. And that's another thing too. I mean, October is a long way out. There's a lot of stuff that could happen. Um, I don't think the court packing thing as much as they're going to try, I don't think they can They're going to be able to do that. Uh, cause they're going to have to get rid of the, uh, the filibuster to do that, mm. which there's Democrats that aren't, aren't on board with doing that. And that whole process, um, I don't know if they'll get done in time. But, yeah, that could be part of the reason. Uh, it takes four justices to decide whether you know, they're going to hear something. And of all the applications they get, uh, I was reading that they take like 1.1% of them. So it's uh, certainly somebody had a reason for hearing this or for wanting to hear this. And I think there's, there's probably two ways. If you look at the two extremes uh, with this, uh, I think the best case is that the justices could rule – in favor of the plaintiffs and what they can say is that okay the second amendment covers concealed carry which effectively would um, make all of these these restrictive uh, concealed carry laws null and void so the the law of the land would be shall issue in that case i think i think that's the best case thing that could happen uh worst case and worst case really isn't that bad i think worst case will change anything they decide that no the second amendment doesn't apply and i think what will happen in that case is the seven states that are very restrictive now will just end up getting more restrictive and i don't think it'll affect the rest of the country so much because again i don't think the the um, attitude in the country is more pro-second amendment and you certainly would know that from the media and from you know the current uh, administration and stuff like that but i think it really is We've got, what, over 20 million now, concealed carriers uh, across the country. Ben. And, that, and that number's growing uh, you know, consistently year after year. Uh, when Texas gets this, um, hopefully, this con- constitutional carry thing through their Senate, uh, they'll that'll be the 21st state that's constitutional carry. So uh, I think even the worst case, even if the, the court doesn't rule in favor of this, I don't know that it'll affect too much. But um, it'll be interesting to see because, again, there's lots of stuff that could happen between now and then. You know, justices retire. I think Breyer is, uh, what is he, I saw he was 80, 82, something like that. Um, So, I mean, different things could happen between now and then. But I think uh, overall, people should be reasonably optimistic, gun owners in the country. I mean, it seems bad now, but you have to remember – that like the current administration, the stuff that's going on, you know, that's politics and politics are temporary. Uh, you know, the Biden administration won't be there forever. I don't think they're going to be there much beyond 2022 and certainly, um, not beyond 2024. So most of the bad things they're doing can be undone. So, um, you know, as a gun owner, I think I'd be pretty optimistic about this. So that's, uh, uh,
1: what about the, you think the outcome will be positive?
4: I think so. Again, it's hard to tell because you can't—you don't know how these people are going to rule. But if the if the five constitutional justices uh, rule according to the Constitution, most most rational people understand what the Second Amendment says. If you don't try to politicize it and change it around, uh, I think it, I think the chances are reasonable. But they're under—they're
1: under such a scrutiny right now of not doing their job by ignoring Second Amendment cases for how many years. Well, uh, yeah, since 2010, 2010 anyway, yeah. right? So, and there's it, really
2: only been there's really only been one Second Amendment case. That was 2008. It was uh, 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 the um, <laughs> Heller Heller case, where they said, "Yeah, you have yeah, it, it's an individual right." And then in 2010, there was the McDonald case. All the McDonald case did was say the Heller case applies to all 50 states, Mm -hmm. which, and that's it. There's really just, there's been one major decision, and that's it. One in 200 and whatever, 45 years. Wouldn't you
1: say that they're in a position right now if they don't do this? I mean, they're already, you know, their approval rating is in the tank, well, it just feels like them going back and revisiting this New York. It
2: feels like they have something to say, yeah, and that's why they did and it. This is highly
4: unusual, and it's about time because
1: that's they're the third branch I of think, the government. They're I supposed think, to be doing I this. Think stuff. They're under the gun, and they realize they have to do something, especially now, like you said, with with the latest administration. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio. Up next, Sam the Gun Man. We're gonna stump that guy and Mike. Drop, which everybody loves, and you can't hear it if you don't listen. So stay with us right here on FM 96 1AM 1170. The answer. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, our show needs your help. We live in a state where your self-defense rights are quickly eroding. Let us be your voice to help them defend and restore the Second Amendment. Help spread the word about the fight. There's two easy things you can do. Like and subscribe to the show on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and Parler, and the podcast or whatever you like to listen to the show. Share the show with as many friends as you can. And thanks for tuning in. And remember, together we will win. Amen to that.
2: Hey, hey. All right. Our Everybody's favorite segment, uh, Stump, my nephew. My nephew Sam's 21 years old. He works at a gun shop in Virginia. And a couple years ago, we discovered that he is a, uh, I believe the the word we settled on was mensch. a, (laughs) A firearms trivia mensch. Um, which means he knows a whole lot. So, uh, especially for such a young, tender age. Um, so, every week uh, you write in a, uh, a piece of trivia that has to do with firearms history or mechanics or anything having to do with firearms. And uh, we read him the question live on the air. He doesn't get to see it beforehand. And if you stump him, well, if we use your question first, if we use your question, you get uh, some Sandy kind of get on his apparel. So, a shirt, hat scientifically proved to uh help your uh your shooting your marksmanship and if you stump my nephew you get a front sight membership Ooh. Ah. so he is rarely stumped but it does happen every now and then and i'm not sure i don't know if this one's gonna stump him or not this kind of seems like i don't know he's he's well let's see let's see let's bring my line sam how you doing man
7: i'm okay how are you guys good good you ready I hope so. You've uh, you really built me up there.
2: Yeah. Well, shoot, man. You earned it. You earned it. Okay. You. All right. Here we go. This is from Domingo in the beautiful city of San Marcos, home of North County Shooting Center. Darren Prince, who's a prince of a man. If you're out there listening, uh, thanks for the wine last night. Long story. All right. Here's a question. What revolver was officially designated a pistol because the Army Ordnance Department had never come across a revolver before. What revolver? Domingo
7: from San Marcos, thanks for the question.
2: I didn't have to repeat it. All right, go.
7: Oh, um, the the question, as I understand it, is that um, the Army designated a service revolver a pistol because it didn't have a designation for revolver. Now, I haven't heard of this specific circumstance, but... Given the nature of the question, I would go out on a limb and say that it was probably the first revolver the Army adopted on a large scale, which, as far as I'm aware, was the uh, Colt 1851.
2: I don't think that's right. Is that right? I don't think that's right.
4: Off by a couple of years.
2: Off by a couple of years. (laughs) Produced in 1847, the Colt Walker revolver was named after a hero of the Mexican War, uh, Captain Samuel uh, Hamilton. Let me stop
7: you right there. Let me stop you right there. Um, the reason it's called the Walker Revolver is because um, the the Colt company was very nearly saved from bankruptcy, or it was saved from being very near bankruptcy because uh, Walker himself um, ordered—he liked Colt's revolvers so much that he ordered a whole bunch of them for um, his Dragoons, Walker's Dragoons— um, and uh, they started using them, and that's uh, that's why we have the Walker
2: Pattern revolver. That's correct. Who was instrumental in ensuring the Colt secured an official U.S. Uh, government contract, helping the company avoid bankruptcy? So even when he gets them wrong, he gets them right. He missed it by two years. That's yeah. all it was. Yeah, yeah. Or oh, you well. or you typed wrong. A uh, little bit more about it. It's uh, it. Uh, this is the uh, Colt Walker revolver. Let's see. Uh, It was reputed to have firepower similar to that of a rifle, and made U.S. cavalrymen formidable opponents on the Western frontier. It was a six-cylinder revolver that could take up to 60 grains of powder and a 45 or uh, 44 or 45 caliber lead ball. Up to 50 grains. What did I say? 60. Oh, 50 grand. Sorry, up to 50 grand. Is that
4: is that the uh, handgun that Robert Duvall carried in Lonesome Dove There is a Texas Ranger? I don't know. Sam, what do you think?
2: Follow-up um,
4: question. I, I Bobby Duvall.
2: In that movie. You didn't see the movie? Oh, Sam. It was a couple years before his out. time. <laughs> what about Red Dawn. Oh, everybody's seen that movie. But, I mean, was, you it in there? was that in there? Scientifically <laughs> proven to be the best uh, piece of uh, cinema ever
1: produced. <laughs> was that gun in that movie? I don't think so. It's
4: don't the scene when they it. broke into the museum. <laughs> <laughs> Could, been. Could You're have been. You were right, Joe, by the way. It was a Colt Walker, so good job. Oh, oh look at that. Nice job. I know my lonesome dove. Yes, you do.
2: Well, that's awesome, Sam. Uh, sorry you got this one wrong, but you made up for it with knowing what a Colt Walker is.
1: So uh, you're only half wrong. Yeah, so, you know, that's all right. So, so somebody's going to get a half a hat,
2: half a shirt. Yeah, yeah. So what do you, what do you got going on? You got anything exciting? Anything? You got an exciting gun store story for us?
7: Um, no, not really. Everything's sort of, uh, you know, same old, same old. The the whole industry is still in a state of turmoil uh, like it has been for well over a year now. Um, I, I kind of don't want to say this publicly. Say it. Anecdotally, I, I just I'm getting the general feeling that ammunition prices are going to start to recover sometime soon. That doesn't mean heard it here first, folks. Back to normal, but it seems I've I've been sort of tracking prices online and and availability and whatnot, and it seems like prices have stopped rising.
2: Rich producer, Rich is has his hands up in the air in celebration. So. All right, Sam, awesome job. Uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, you're the man. Appreciate everything you do. Thanks, man.
7: Thanks very much for having me, as always. Uh, to, I, um, half wrong is better than all wrong, I guess. And uh, <laughs> So maybe you'll have to send like a half hat like in uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <That> <laughs> he has that office full of half
2: things. I like it. That's exactly what we'll do. Okay, so now it's time for your weekly mic drop. Mic Drop. Today's Mic Drop is brought to you by the great state of Arizona. Yes, that's right, Arizona. This week I'm mic dropping not a person, but an entire state. The sweltering, sandy Commonwealth of Arizona. But why, Mike? Why Arizona? Well, I'll tell you. For decades, I've gotten to hear about how Arizona is the land of Second Amendment milk and honey. Camouflage and gadston clad gun owners explained to me how foolish Californians are and deserve what we get because of who we elect all right arizonans let's take a look at your last election and let's see how smug you are now anybody heard of mark kelly mark started a special interest group that is hell-bent on taking away your right to keep and bear arms the americans for responsible solutions ironically the initials are ars (laughs)
1: loves
2: gun bans Uh, They raise millions for candidates who love gun bans. They love advocating for gun bans and have done so for years. Americans for Responsible Solutions is so anti-gun that they've actually combined with the Law Center to prevent gun violence. And that organization is now named after Mark's wife, the Giffords Law Center. Okay, Mike, you say, what's that got to do with Arizona? Well, Mark Kelly is the newest US Senator from Arizona. Yep, Arizona, your senator, the person who represents your state to the federal government and has a say in every federal law, started a gun ban organization and you voted for him. Arizona, the state for the known for the 5 Cs, copper, cattle, cotton, and climate, you can now add a 6th C, which will be control as in gun control, congratulations, Arizona, well done. But it cannot be that bad, can it? I mean, this is one election, one guy. Well, it actually gets worse. Your other U.S. Senator, Kristen Cinema, She has a stellar legislative voting record. She voted against CCW reciprocity, against limiting Washington, D.C.'s ability to pass strict gun legislation, against the prohibition of confiscating a firearm during an emergency like a natural disaster. The list goes on and on the Brady organization absolutely loves her the NRA absolutely hates her and Arizona you elected her congratulations both your U.S. senators are not just anti-gun not just on the fence not just wishy-washy but vehemently against your right to keep and bear arms and it doesn't end there Dave did you I think I was afraid of that you thought it ended there but I really no. like going to Arizona Arizona voted for Biden, the most restrictive president ever, and has these two treasures in the Senate, Mark and uh, Kristen, of course. Everyone who has ever said to me that I should move to Arizona, every Californian who is eyeballing Arizona as we speak, this has to be the lesson that sticks. This has to be the one time you hear me loud and clear. There is no fleeing. The fight is here, and it's happening now. Choosing to run to another state for some temporary safety is a losing plan. Stay and fight. Learn from Arizona. The only way to stop the spread is to cut it at its root, and the root is right here in California, and you can do that by joining The different gun owners packs, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Riverside County Gun Owners, San Bernardino County Gun Owners, join the state organization, Gun Owners of California, CRPA, Gun Owners of America, NRA, join these groups. But if you're hearing me right now, join the local packs, get involved at the very least, do your $10 a month or $100 per year. It's it's not going away, guys. No one is out there fighting, uh, uh, you, you know, fighting harder uh, than the organizations I just mem- uh, just mentioned. You know, everybody's busy. Everybody's uh, doing their thing in life. At the very least, become a member because this is real. It's spreading, and California is where we have to stop it. And, and,
1: and by the way, Arizona thinks we're totally stupid. A friend of mine just bought an 800 square foot house for 220 thousand dollars. I talked to a gentleman who knew that area very well. He laughed and said three years ago it was $80,000. Well, Arizona's not the solution. No. That is your Mic Drop.
6: Mic Drop.
1: Hey, if you're listening on YouTube or the podcast, do us a favor. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Share the show with as many friends as you can. And do me a favor and please support our great sponsors. San Diego County gun owners. Join, join, join. U.S. Law Shield, sign up. The Dylan Law Group, call him when you need him. Seal One, get that rifle and gun clean. PRMI Mortgage, if you decide you are leaving, don't do it. Blackhound Optics, the National Concealed Carry Association. Thanks to Joe Gimisi, Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, and our maestro, Brendan Thomas. And you can go to gunownersradio.com for podcasts, latest information, and any question you might have about the show. And remember, together we will win on FM 961. AM 1170, The Answer.
0: This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.